0: Welcome to the Physics Central Podcast, I'm Calla Cofield. Today we're talking about a new radar system called Twipper, which could have life-saving applications for soldiers in Iraq or people who are victims of natural disasters. The inspiration for this technology actually came from dolphins, specifically a question about how they use their sonar in a way that appears to go beyond what man-made sonar can do. And while this new technology is making its debut, the scientists who developed it still don't have an answer for the question about dolphins that first inspired their work. That's today on the Physics Central podcast. Today's story begins with dolphins. Well, dolphins and a physicist.
1: I'm Tim Layton. I'm professor of ultrasonics and underwater acoustics at the University of Southampton in the UK.
0: About 10 years ago, Leighton was watching a nature documentary about aquatic animals when he saw this segment about dolphins hunting schools of fish.
1: Uh, They were blowing bubbles from the blowhole at the top of their head to generate what we call um, uh, bubble nets. And these are clouds of bubbles, sometimes in rings, and they confuse and corral and trap fish uh, within them so that then the dolphins can uh, attack and, uh, and and eat the, the fish. But as soon as I saw that movie, I realized that, that there was a real problem. Uh, a little alarm bell was ringing in my head.
0: Leighton, again, is an underwater acoustic scientist, so this sort of thing is kind of in his wheelhouse. And he realized that if the dolphins could tell the difference between the bubbles and the fish, then they were doing something that man-made sonar cannot do.
1: We were hunting Uh, with man-made sonar, the best man-made sonar, we were hunting the fish within these bubble nets. Uh, We would spend all our time chasing the bubbles and never feed from the fish. And so it would be a wasted search. There'd be too many false targets.
0: So Leighton started asking this question. How is it that dolphins separate these two things using sonar? And this question started a journey for him that has so far lasted about a decade and has gone way beyond dolphins. In the October 23rd issue of the Proceedings of the Royal Society A, Leighton and some of his colleagues announced the completion of a new technology that they're calling TWIPR. That's T W I P R. Uh,
1: TWiPPER stands for Twin Inverted Pulse Radar.
0: TWiPPER is an improvement or an adaptation of traditional radar systems. So this is something that people can sort of plug into a regular radar device.
1: What it's designed to do is uh, locate and identify specific types of targets from uh, what we call clutter. And clutter is its uh, other targets that you might confuse as your main target.
0: So if a dolphin is hunting a fish, a bubble is a false target. And one of the major targets that Twipper can see particularly well is certain types of electronic circuits. Twipper can identify these circuits even when they're buried in snow or soil or concrete. So among the many possible applications of Twipper, Layton has theorized that this technology could be used to detect explosive devices like IEDs, which are common in Iraq and Afghanistan. And the list goes on and on. And this amazing new technology all started with this question about dolphins. the clicking noises that dolphins make are part of a built-in biosonar system it's also known as echolocation the dolphin sends out a sound wave that click which bounces off a solid object and echoes back to the animal dolphins use this ability to hunt they can locate schools of fish from many miles away it's an amazing ability for an animal to have But both natural and man-made sonar systems have their limitations. Sonar can mainly identify the shape of an object, its relative distance from the source, and in some cases, the speed that the object is traveling. But sonar can't tell you much beyond that. So as he said, Leighton was really surprised when he saw that the dolphins appeared to be using sonar to differentiate between bubbles and fish. Now, what Leighton probably also realized very quickly is that bubbles and fish are actually quite different in the way they reflect or scatter sound waves.
1: If we look at the sonar, first of all, the sonar is a series of oscillating pressures, the high pressure and the low pressure. And if they hit a fish, it's simply like uh, the fish behaves relatively like an inert scatterer and scatters back the signal that you uh, sent out, which is it's not an outlandish idea. You, you know, mirrors do the same thing. They scatter pretty much the information that, that, that is sent at them. Um, and we would call that linear scattering. But when a bubble is hit by a sound wave, the uh, sound wave, as I said, is a series of pressure fluctuations. It's a high pressure followed by a low pressure. Now, during the high pressure, the bubble actually responds. It shrinks because it's been squashed by the high pressure. And during the low pressure, the bubble expands. And so you get uh, the target, the bubble, has started reacting to the sound very actively.
0: So a fish scatters sound waves linearly, like a mirror. But a bubble reflects them non-linearly. So there's a difference between these objects. But the question is, how could a sonar system take advantage of that? Well, this is actually a problem that physicists have thought about, and there was a solution sort of already floating around in the acoustic science field. So a fish and a bubble scatter sound waves differently, but the difference isn't pronounced enough for a sonar system to see it with just one echo. So the scientists use two echoes, and to get that you have to send out two pulses. So in latent system, the sonar device sends out two pulses, and the pulses are identical but for one thing. They are phase inverted. So basically the first pulse is a positive one, and the second pulse is a negative one. Now again, on their own, the echoes from those pulses are not enough to tell the difference between a linear scatterer and a nonlinear scatterer. But by adding or subtracting the echoes that come back, it's possible to amplify the echo of either one of those types of objects. Now, once again, this basic idea was sort of already floating around in the acoustic science community, and it's being used in other ways, including in medicine.
1: people use medical ultrasound and they want to uh, see where the blood is flowing, the echoes from the blood are not very strong because it's got very similar density to the, uh, to the tissue around it. So that if you inject little tiny bubbles into the blood flow, then um, you've got traces of a very different density to the blood and those bubbles will, will scatter the um, scanning ultrasound and, and appear very strongly on the image. But one way that we know by which these, can be, uh, these images can be enhanced is if you send out a positive and a negative pulse.
0: The work that Leighton and his team did was taking that basic idea and turning it into a sonar technology that could be used out in the ocean. And it worked. They invented this new technology called twin inverted pulsed sonar or TWIPS.
1: so we built such a sonar and we took it out to sea and lived near Southampton, so we towed it through the um, through the wakes of some really big five thousand ton um, container ships as they were coming up and down the of a, of the harbor. so we had big floppy wakes, and indeed, this sonar that we built was able to see through the uh, wake and identify targets when conventional sonar would not. Um, We'd invented this uh, TWiPS, uh, twin inverted pulse sonar, and it worked very well.
0: So once Leighton and his team showed that TWiPS could work, they thought, let's try to do this with radar. See, radar is basically the same thing as sonar, but instead of sound waves, it sends out radio waves, so electromagnetic waves and that brings us back to the group's recent announcement about their new technology Twipper. So the sonar version is Twips and the radar version is Twipper. Leighton and his team have shown that the Twipper device can identify circuits that are commonly found in explosive devices like IEDs as well as covert listening devices. Now, this is kind of a lucky coincidence, because an electronic circuit is a nonlinear scatterer, whereas things like soil or snow or concrete or even scrap metal are linear scatterers. So if a radio wave hits a piece of scrap metal, it's just going to bounce off of it, and the echo is going to look a lot like the original signal. But when an electromagnetic wave hits an electronic circuit there's the same kind of asymmetry that happens when a sound wave hits a bubble. Because within the circuit, there's a current flowing. So there are changes in the electromagnetic field within that circuit. So that asymmetry means that when a radio wave hits that circuit, it's not going to bounce clean back. It's going to get slightly distorted. Thus, the circuit is a nonlinear scatterer. Leighton also built very small, cheap, and long-lasting sample circuits that they used to test Twipper, and he realized that you could build those circuits into snow boots or rescue worker uniforms, and then you could use them as a way to find people who have been buried under snow or who are trapped in a collapsed building or just lost out in the wilderness. And in fact, cell phones and other electronic devices are naturally highly visible to the Twipper system, so someone wouldn't even need to carry a specialized circuit. The Twipper system could find people, say, in the rubble of a collapsed building as long as they had a cell phone on them. Leighton says with further research, it may even be possible to identify the specific signals that come from different brands of cell phones or different types of electronics, making it easier to find specific items with Twipper. Now of course, to make this happen, you need the radar system, and radar systems are not cheap and they're very heavy, but radar is rather ubiquitous. It's used for a lot of applications. So it's not crazy to think that you could get a radar system loaded onto a tank to go look for IEDs or brought out to an emergency site, say, where a building has collapsed.
1: Tripper is, 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 if you like, a, it's, just a, it's just a waveform and a way of processing the echoes. So if your existing radar device can support it, uh, it has the power and, the, and, the, and, the, and it will cover the right range of frequencies, you could just uh, load our triple waveform into that, and off you go. You've got a TWiPS system. Uh, there's no need to build and buy a new uh, a, a new rig. Um, also, of course, on the receive side, you have to have the, the, uh, the programs and the, the maths of how to process these things. But we published how to do that so anyone could load it in.
0: After Leighton showed that TWiPS could work, he talked to scientists who study dolphins. And he started looking for evidence that the dolphin sonar clicks had this inverse polarity. But he couldn't find it. No one seems to have ever recorded anything like that. But that isn't the end of the story. Leighton's come up with a new hypothesis. He still thinks the dolphins may be using a system involving adding or subtracting two echoes instead of using just one. But rather than vary the polarity, rather than use plus one, minus one pulses, he thinks the dolphins may simply be varying the amplitude or basically the volume of their clicks.
1: And one of the things that, uh, if you listen to a recording of a dolphin making clicks, um, the click amplitude changes as you do one click from and It goes click, 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 click. Now twips and twipper work because you have two very very similar pulses that differ in one characteristic, and that is the polarity of the pulse. But um, what we wondered is suppose that we have two adjacent pulses that are very similar. And it's not the polarity of the pulse that changes from one from one pulse to the next. It's the amplitude. Can you process that difference in the same way to distinguish between scatterers? And uh, so we, we, we said, well, if this works, we we'll call it BIAPS, biased pulse sonar. And uh, we built it, and it does work.
0: So Layton has developed another adaptation to sonar technology called BiApps, and now he wants to do the same thing he did with Twips—take BiApps and bring it into the realm of radar. And if that works, he thinks it could actually be even easier to use than Twipper.
1: So it's actually it's quite hard to build a machine that produces um, pulses. Where the second one is a copy of the first, but of reverse polarity. That's quite difficult to do with high amplitude pulses. It's not impossible, but it's not dirt cheap. Whereas everybody knows that you can just turn down the volume knob very easily and produce a copy of the signal you just sent out, but at low amplitude. And that's very easy. So if you can get biopsy to work, it means that there's a whole lot more uh, radar sources out there in existence then that you could just load up with our waveforms and distinguish uh, targets of interest from uh, normal radar clutter.
0: So a third great technology comes out of this quest, maybe even a fourth. But have they answered the dolphin question? Well, by scientific standards, no. After Leighton showed that BIAPS could work. He actually fed real dolphin sounds into the system. So instead of using the electronic sonar blips, he used real dolphin clicks. And the system worked. The changes in amplitude in the dolphin sonar clicks are enough to make the biop system work. But the question is, is that actually what's happening inside the dolphin's brain? It could just be a coincidence that the dolphin's clicks vary in amplitude. And there's no easy way to prove if the dolphins are actually using a system like BIAPS. But it's a good hypothesis, and it's out there if anyone wants to test it. Or maybe Leighton will come up with a new theory. Or maybe he'll never know for sure how dolphin sonar works. But that doesn't mean he failed. A science experiment can still be a success, even if you don't answer the question you started with thank you again to tim layton for being on the podcast he had a lot of help doing all this work in particular his colleagues at southampton paul white dan finfer and gim hua chua as well as hugh griffiths and kenneth tong of university college london and david daniels of cobham technical services I'm Calla Cofield. You've been listening to the Physics Central podcast. As always, you can find more podcasts, our physics buzz blog, resources, and so much more at physicscentral.com. Tune in next week for more of the Physics Central podcast.